Turn with me, please, in your Bibles this evening. We're turning to Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, in chapter 1. I'm going to take time to read the first 20 verses of Isaiah, in chapter 1. And we're going to read the verse 1 through to the verse 20. It is a lengthy reading, but I think it's worth reading God's Word. It's His own inspired Word, and it's there for us to enjoy and to benefit from. And therefore, we'll read these words together. Isaiah chapter 1, and we'll read the first 20 verses. It is lovely to see a number of visitors in this evening, and we trust you'll be blessed uh, as you meet with us, and as indeed you listen to the word of God. Isaiah chapter 1, please, and the verse 1. Of course, this is the word of the Lord. It says, The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, uh, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib, but Israel doth not know my people, doth not consider. Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors, they have forsaken the Lord, they have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger, they are gone away backward. Why should ye be stricken any more? You will revolt more and more, the whole head is sick, and the whole heart faint. From the sole of the foot even unto the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Your country is desolate, your cities are burned with fire, your land strangers devour it in your presence, and it is desolate as overthrown by strangers. And the daughter of Zion is left as a cottage in a vineyard, as a lodge in a garden of cucumbers, as a besieged city. Except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant. We should have been as Sodom. We should have been like unto Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts, and I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of goats. When ye come to appear before me who have required this at your hand to tread my courts, bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me, the new moons and Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, I cannot away with. It is iniquity, even the solemn meeting. Your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hateth. They are a trouble unto me, I am weary to bear them. And when you spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you, yes, when ye make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Wash you, make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Come now. And let us reason together, saith the Lord. 
Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the soul. For the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. We trust the Lord will bless the reading of his word to each of our hearts this evening. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Certainly in the winter season the days get colder and the likeliness of snow increases hugely. And I know that there are boys and girls in the meeting and quite a lot of us we love the snow and when there's a heavy snowfall we can build a snowman and we can lie and we can make snow angels and we can enjoy a snow fight. Maybe some of the older people listening are children at heart and maybe they enjoy that as well. And sometimes of course the snow can be difficult as we can't get out of the house and we can't drive on the roads because they're really bad. But it can be beautiful to look across a landscape when the snow has just freshly fallen. It's beautiful scenery. And when there's been a snowfall, it almost makes everything look clean, doesn't it? The land looks unpolluted. It looks pure. The snow hides in the issues there may be underneath. And it looks pure. And it's with this imagery that the prophet Isaiah wants us to see as we read this chapter in his prophecy. This is what the Lord Jesus can do for a sinner. There are areas in our lives that are filled with sin. But the Lord Jesus is able to cleanse us from that sin and he can make us pure and whiter than snow. And in this first chapter in Isaiah in our Bibles, we read this this wonderful transforming power of the gospel. You know, that's an amazing thought. The transforming power of the gospel can be found in the book of Isaiah because let me tell you something. These words that we've read in God's word this evening, they were written almost 800 years before the Lord Jesus ever walked this earth. Yet you would think that this prophet actually walked and talked with the Lord Jesus while he was on the earth. You see, when you read the book of Isaiah, you'll find that he speaks of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. He writes about the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. He even writes about how people would reject the Lord Jesus Christ. He writes about the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. He writes about the resurrection of Christ. And he writes about the kingship of Christ. And yet the Lord Jesus hadn't yet become God incarnate, hadn't yet walked the earth. And yet Isaiah wrote all these things looking forward. And do you know the Lord Jesus Christ fulfilled every one of them while he was here in this earth? Verse 1 tells us that the prophet, he, he was a prophet over the time of four kings in Judah. It tells us there in verse 1 that it was Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah, who were the kings of Judah. And the first thing I want you to note uh, for this prophet as he looked out over the people of Judah, Isaiah was called to preach to a people who had 
a problem. There was a problem. You see, this in this chapter we read this evening, it describes something like a courtroom. And it's God Almighty who convenes this court and, and he states the charges. And God presents his, his case and pronounces a nation who are guilty. And this is the message that Isaiah had to preach. It was about a coming judgment. There was a day of judgment coming for the people of Judah. And Isaiah had to go and faithfully proclaim that message to them. His message was preached for a very long time to a people who weren't listening. Four kings, this prophet, was proclaiming God's word of the time of four kings. And they were a people who were not listening. People who didn't care. People who had no concern for their soul. And you know this evening as I preach, I could just stand here and tickle your ears and I could say everything that you want me to say. I could say everything. I could tell you God loves you. And I could leave it there. But you know that wouldn't do you any favors. favors. And I wouldn't be faithful to the whole message of the Bible. Isaiah had a difficult message to preach. But let me tell you, he preached it faithfully. To people who weren't listening. And it wouldn't be fair to you if I left it there. Because you need to know. You need to know where you stand before a holy God. And God calls me to present the whole gospel message to you. And over the next, the, the remaining time in our meeting. I will share with you the truth. And I will share with you the message that can save your soul. Isaiah, he wasn't called to please people, to please the people he preached to. He was called to be faithful to the Lord's message. And his message was judgment has come. And you need to repent. You know, that was the problem for God's people. The children of Israel, judgment was coming. And they were ignoring the warnings. And here, on the first Lord's Day evening of 2023, this is the message that the Lord has laid in my heart for you tonight. Judgment is coming. And you need to repent. The root of the problem was that the people didn't know God anymore. Verse 2 tells us they had rebelled against the Lord. Verse 3, the Lord says they don't know me anymore. And God says to the people through his prophet, the ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. But Israel doth not know, my people doth not consider God saying, an animal will obey its owner, but my people will not listen to me anymore. And in verse 4, he says, a sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corrupters, they have forsaken the Lord, they have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger, they have gone away backward, they are rebelling, they are sinful. I created them, God says. I created them to worship me alone, to serve with my joy, and yet they've turned away, says the Lord. They have provoked me to anger. Now the first problem these people had was that they were a rebellious people. The people didn't appreciate what God had done for them. They took their blessings for granted. They had forsaken the Lord. They had no thought of the Lord. They had grown corrupt, and therefore they were deserving of judgment. Could we not apply the description of these people to our own society today? Dear unconverted friend, as you listen this evening, how in order for the gospel message to become good news, you have to be aware of the bad news. 
The Bible teaches that before God, you and I are sinners. You and I are sinners. We fall so far short of his standards. We are not worthy to go to heaven. And on our own merits, we'll never stand in heaven. You and I, we naturally rebel against God. The Bible says that we were shaped in iniquity and in sin did our mother conceive us. And we naturally seek after things that bring pleasure in this world. And we have no thought for where our soul is headed. And because of our rebellion, the Bible sounds forth the message loud and clear that we will be judged. And if we do not change our ways, if we do not repent, if we're going on our way to a lost eternity in hell, we don't switch off because I've mentioned hell. Dear friend, I was once a rebel. And I was once on my way to hell too. The Bible tells us that we'll be judged for our sin. If we don't come to Christ, there's a punishment that awaits. And it's a serious problem that you must address tonight. And if you choose to ignore this message the way the people in Isaiah's day ignored and ignored and ignored, if you choose to ignore it, you'll be left without excuse. <coughs> Listen, the Bible says in Hebrews 9 verse 27, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. Dear friend, your sin leaves you in serious danger. Just as a crime must be punished in our justice system, God must punish sin. The Bible tells us that we deserve what we deserve for our sin is death. The wages of sin is death. But you know, there's another great issue that the people had to. They actually were a bit like some of you listening this evening. These people would still turn up and appear to worship the Lord. They turned up to church, if you like. They got on with their religious habits. You know, the tech box exercise. I went to church on Sunday. But in their hearts, they were sinners and they were far from God. In their hearts and in their home life, they were far, far away from the Lord. And you know, the Lord Jesus described the Pharisees who were religious with the words that Isaiah preached to these people. The Lord Jesus said, these people honor me with their lips. But their heart is far from me. Let me warn you this evening. I don't know your heart. Only you know your heart between you and the Lord. But let me warn you this evening. Don't play church. Don't play with God. God will not be mocked. He knows your heart. And God cannot be fooled. He's the one who knows all things. Don't just turn up to church week after week, looking the part, sitting in the pew, singing the hymns, putting your money in the collection box. That won't save your soul. You see, in this passage, the Lord directly addresses the problem, and he addresses your problem, dear friend, tonight. But this leads to the play. You see, we come to verse 18. And there in verse 18, the Lord pleads, and he says, Come now. Come on, and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Come and let us reason together. In the build up to this verse in the passage, we read a list of accusations from the Lord. 
And what the Lord is doing is he's pointing out how far these people have fallen. He shows them the depth of their sin and the depth of their rebellion. And the Bible shows us, it shows you and I the depth of our sin and our rebellion. We're filthy to the core. Our righteous acts, the good things that we try to do, the things that we think we're doing right, in comparison to a holy God, the Bible tells us there is filthy rags. And you would think when we consider this, and how angry God ought to be for a people who are sinners, who constantly offend Him, you would think that God would just immediately wipe us out. He could take our breath away with a word. The Bible tells us that even the hearts of our political leaders are in His hands. Proverbs 21 says, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. But instead of Him wiping us out, which would have been the just thing to do. He gives us an opportunity to repent. He gives you an opportunity to repent. And he pleads with you, listen to the words from from God tonight to you. Come and let us reason together. Let's talk about this. You see, these are some of the most beautiful words in Scripture. They're full of undeserved grace. They're full of compassion. That they're full of love and tenderness and patience. Instead of immediately being punished for your sin, you're showing mercy and you're showing kindness and you're showing grace. The Lord could cast us off whenever He wanted. He could have thrown us straight into hell without a second thought and forgotten about it. And he would have been righteous and just to do so. And we deserve his wrath. And we deserve his curse. And we deserve the fires of hell. And we deserve his hatred. And we deserve his anger against sin. We deserve his punishment. But that's not what we're met with here. We're not met with punishment. We're met with a plea. The plea is come. Come now. It's a personal plea. It's to you. Come and let us reason together. It's a plea that reaches out to you. It's a plea that's given to you. That the plea doesn't come from Isaiah. It doesn't come from me. It doesn't come from the church. This is a personal plea being issued to you by the Lord Jesus himself. Come and let us reason together. It's the Lord Jesus who pleads with you for your soul once more. And he is the only one who can save you from your sin. And he pleads with you, pleads with you. Instead of punishing you straight away, and he simply says those lovely words come. See the Saviour kneel to the cross. The crown of thorns upon his head. He's been beaten so badly he's unrecognisable. His image marred more than any other. His hands have been nailed to the cross. His feet see the blood flow. And he takes the punishment for you and he says, Come, let us reason together. I've taken your punishment. I bore God's wrath for you already. Come to me, all ye who are here, believe me. And I will give you rest. Come, he says, for for all things are now ready. I've done everything that needs to be done. You just need to accept my free gift of salvation. Just come, let us reason together. 
He's not shouting at you. He's pleading with you. He wants you to listen this evening. Do, do you not see how simple the gospel is? Do you not see why it's the best news? Why it's called good news? The Lord Jesus Christ sends this plea to you, not a punishment. He says, just come and let us reason together. Oh sinner, you must repent this evening. You must turn from your sin before it's forever too late. And as a preacher, I am pleading with you, but more importantly, it's the plea from the Lord Jesus I want you to hear this evening. You know, in Isaiah 55, Isaiah, Isaiah continues this message of come. This is what he says. He says, Oh, every woman thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye by me. Yea, come by wine and milk without money and without price. In the same chapter he warns, he says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. He pleads with you. Come, seek the Lord. Why we may be found. The problem, the plea, the promise. You know, here in verse 18, you also find a promise that's given to you in each one of us in unforgettable terms. As the image that this verse gives is that of murder, scarlet and crimson. These are red like blood. And the image that this verse gives is this, it's like the hands of a murderer covered in blood. So obviously guilty. Look at verse 15 at the end. That imagery. As it speaks of the sin. The Lord says to the people. Your hands are full of blood. You're guilty. That's an image of a murderer. And it's a fitting description. Because the Bible tells us that our sin. It's brought death. And it's our sin that has left our blood on our own hands. And if we are to stand before a judge tonight with blood on our hands, the judge would have enough evidence to condemn us and rightly punish us. Our hands, they're stained with scarlet and crimson blood and we deserve to go to hell, but not because of anyone else's sin, because of our own sin, our own disobedience. Our own rebellion, my rebellion. You need to make it personal. That was the problem. And then the plea comes, let's talk about this. Come, let us reason together. Then the promise follows, and listen to it in verse 18. Though your sins be like scarlet, you're guilty. Though your sins be like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Your sin can be fully cleansed. That's the promise. Even though you're guilty, even though I am guilty, if we come to God and pray with genuine repentance of sin and turn from our sinful rebellion that we love and put our trust in the work of the Lord Jesus, which was accomplished at the cross of Calvary, then we can know the forgiveness of the Saviour. And that's the promise. He casts our sin into the sea of forgetfulness and he remembers it no more. God then looks at his son's rightness and forgives you a guilty sinner. It's as simple as that. That's the gospel. But the question is, will you come? The plea 
goes out from the Saviour tonight to you, you have a problem. You're guilty and you're a sinner before a holy God. There's a plea. God should wipe us out. But instead he pleads and he says come. And there's a promise for those who come. He completely forgives. Because that's what the Lord Jesus accomplished at Calvary. You can be whiter than snow. What's that mean? It means you can be pure and spotless and safe from hell and heaven bound for time and eternity. And the Lord simply says, listen to the gracious words, come now. And let us reason together. Come now. Can you hear the urgency? He doesn't say come tomorrow. He doesn't say come next year. Here we are in the first day of the new year. Maybe you've sat at other times and other meetings and maybe the Spirit of God has worked in your heart. Maybe you've even shed a tear for your own soul, but you've never came. The Lord says, come now, stop leaving. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as well. Oh dear friend, you've a choice to me tonight. <clears throat> For listen to the words in verse 19 and 20. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the lamb. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword. If ye be willing and obedient. Ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword. Dear friend, Isaiah's message for judgment is coming, you must repent. Here we are on Sunday, the 1st of January, 2023. And as a preacher of God's word in the gospel, I say to you, Judgment is coming. And you must repent. Don't leave it another second. Surely, as you listen to the gospel message again, surely the Spirit of God is moving in your heart. And surely you know that God is speaking. Because I know the best time God's book is open, He's promised He will speak. And let me tell you, Jesus is passing this way and he's willing to save you. Will you not just bow the knee and be saved this evening? <coughs> Don't waste another day of your life. You were made to live for him. That's what each of us were made for. And here in the first Lord's Day of another new year, why not make it a memorable Lord's Day? Bow the knee and place your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ is your Saviour. He's willing to save you. If only you'll come. Come now. Let us reason together. Say it to Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be.